Bienvenue à l'hôtel Le Plaza, Bruxelles. Podcast. Welcome for a new recording session of our HR Meetup podcast, a project sponsored by Transforma Brussels, a co-working space and innovation center in collaboration with our hosts of today, Hotel Le Plaza in Brussels and the Podcast Factory. I have today Philip Rosinski, a first master certified coach in Europe, UK included. And I think you are here to tell us some more on global leadership and coaching. So Philip, let's start with the beginning. Tell us first some more on your child's dream till now. What happened? Well, thank you, Caroline. It's a pleasure to be here with you. <laughs> It's difficult to say that as a teenager, I had a specific dream. But what I do remember is I was curious and interested in a variety of topics. In fact, at school, I really loved all the classes. I was interested in mathematics, physics, also the humanities. I took some classes outside of school, music classes, and I was fortunate enough to also be part of the athletic team in my school. So I was interested in a variety of topics, and, and maybe back then already my wish was somehow to be able later on to continue to be learning, discovering new fields, and to be able to somehow integrate different perspectives, different disciplines together, because I... I noticed back then, but still today, a lot of division, you know, experts in one area, experts in another area. And I believe today, and I had the sense even back then that there is a need for more integration. I also had this idea that somehow it would be great if I could bring a contribution that would be useful to society and would be somehow innovative. So that was the, perhaps the dream back then. And to make a long story short, then I continued my studies. Uh, I went to university, polytechnical school, studied engineering, then went to Stanford University, got a Master of Science in Engineering. But all the elective classes, I took them in the humanities, in mm -hmm. sociology, philosophy, history. I was also still interested in all these other topics. I started to work as an engineer and then as a manager. I was first working in the Silicon Valley. Then I came back to Belgium, worked as an engineer and then as a manager. But something that struck me when I was working, looking at people around me, is oftentimes organizations don't take advantage of human potential. And that's unfortunate for mm -hmm. people themselves, for organizations and for society overall. So I was wondering, what could we do and what can I do at my level to help change that situation so people could use more of their potential, an organization could take better advantage of people's potential. And I went back to business school, learned a lot of interesting things, but nothing really about that question that I was mm -hmm. asking. And then started a personal developmental journey. I read a number of books also. I attended a number of seminars. And then I started to work as a trainer, independent trainer, And coach at the time, that was in the early 90s, without knowing at the time that what I was really doing was coaching. So what I was doing was beyond training, I'm also working as a trainer, was to rather than simply delivering a content to people and they need to figure out how they will apply this in their situation, was to start with their challenges and working with them over a period of time, helping them not telling them what they need to do, but helping them access their own resources, their own wisdom 
to achieve their goal. So that's what I was doing already in the early 90s. And I did this for a period of time and then found out that a lot already had been written about coaching, mainly from the Anglo-Saxon countries, the US mm -hmm. in particular. However, what I also noticed is that something was missing. For example, the cultural perspective somehow was not taken, in, taken into account in coaching. So you have this notion that, for example, to be a good coach, according to the ICF, International Coach Federation, I really like the ICF, by the way, I'm a member of the ICF, but there was this idea that to be a good coach, you need to communicate directly. You say what you mean, you mean what you say. Well, you know, I'm also today a professor in a business school in Japan. If you only say what you mean, mean what you say, you may sometimes offend people. So that's not a panacea. Direct communication is useful because it promotes clarity. But there is also something called indirect communication that is there to promote harmony, to make sure nobody is offended. And that may also have some merit. So this is just one example of something that was not taken into account. So what I tried to do was to integrate the cultural perspective systematically into coaching. But not only that, I was also looking for ways to push the envelope to include several perspectives, including a spiritual perspective, finding meaning, purpose, addressing some of the existential challenges that we all face. I also introduced a political perspective. You know, a lot of people, and still today people I coach, find that, um, you know, they need to just do a good job and that's enough. They don't like the word politics because it evokes something negative in them. And, and I believe that politics is inevitable. In fact, I argue that it is inevitable. But what you can do, how, however, is engage in politics in a constructive fashion. So there I was also introducing this political perspective. And so what I've developed then is an integrated global approach that uh, looks at leadership development and at coaching from multiple perspectives, ranging from the physical all the way to the spiritual. And I believe that, well, that in a way goes back to the dream I had of uh, being able to connect different fields and disciplines. So somehow I've been able in some ways to do that thanks to the, you know, the work that I do today, which is more than a work. It's really a calling, a passion that I have. But I believe this is something more and more necessary because our world is complex. It is multifaceted. And if you just have one specialized approach, it's not going to be enough today. You need to integrate different perspectives to embrace complexity. And so that's what I've been doing lately. And, wow. and I've had a couple of books, the first one, Coaching Across Cultures, and the second one, Global Coaching, describing this uh, integrated approach for coaching and for leadership development. Are these books some uh, kind of manual that we can use? I think you could call the books manuals in the sense that they do con contain some very concrete examples and ideas of what you can do in practice. Mm -hmm. But I think there is also a more reflective part in the books, uh, mm -hmm. a more almost, I would say, philosophical part. Yeah, that um, makes you realize. So some, there is uh, a lot of reflection around this. So, you know, I'm, I'm pleased to say and, and that the boost is acknowledged both by practitioners but also by the academicians. Mm -hmm. It has been both books have have been applauded by Harvard University. There was a, a great endorsement by Professor Kaufman from Harvard mm -hmm. University for global coaching. So, you know, it has been 
my goal to try to describe this approach that can really make a, a big difference and that I believe is much needed today. Okay. At what time of your journey uh, have you written these books? Is it like recently or has it been done on particular moments in, in your... Well, let me answer more generally. I, I've started to write articles in the 90s and then the, the first book came out in 2003, has been translated in different languages, is available in 10 languages now. And the second book came out in 2010, that's Global Coaching. Okay. But since then, I, I've written a number of articles, so mm -hmm. that's something I continue to do, to step back and reflect on this practice and do some research, some reflection based on the experience I have, but also on what I've seen. How does it work? So I work in different ways. I work as an executive coach. I mm -hmm. work as a, an executive team coach. And also, I would say as a, if I can call it this way, as a global leadership developer. And mm -hmm. Let me give one example of a, an intervention that I've had the chance to do recently for a company. I have the permission to, to name it called Wex Incorporation, based in the U.S., but that, has, that company has been growing quickly and expanding quickly internationally. So let me describe what I did for them. Every mm -hmm. intervention is different, but what they asked me to do was to look at their leadership development approach and to help them redesign a complete leadership development curriculum. They had done a number of things. They had different seminars here and there that were interesting but really didn't have an impact. So what I did uh, was to spend time together with somebody from HR inside the company to do interviews. I interviewed a number of people, all the top executives, the CEO and the top executives, but also people across the organizations. I spent several days interviewing people to get Only a sense. managers or...? or At different levels, of, primarily yeah, okay. managers, I have to say, but also at different levels, mm -hmm. different levels of, of management and to get a sense of what was going on, what's going well, not so well. What are the dreams that people have? Mm -hmm. What are their worries? Um, what is the climate in the organization? What is the culture in the organization? I listened to what they said, but also what, to what they didn't say and get a sense of the opportunities that they had, but also the needs that they had. What, what could be done to be most useful for that company at that moment in time. And, and at that moment in time, they were starting to expand more internationally. So the, the cultural element was something notably quite important to them, but not only, not only that. So the next step was to, those interviews were confidential, is to report back to the CEO and to the, the people in charge in HR, what are the findings, what are some of the teams, mm -hmm. and... What is the proposal? The proposal in the form of a complete leadership de development curriculum from the top level all the way to people who are not leaders yet, who are not managers yet. And um, so complete leadership development curriculum based on global coaching, based on this integrated approach. And only based on your interviews that you have had with the different... Interviews, but also I examined some of the documentation from the company. I, I had some more facts facts mm -hmm. around the company, the vision, you know, the, mm -hmm. the strategy the company had, but, but interviews. Um, How do you, do you keep your objectivity? Because you have like uh, the CEO and, and someone from HR explaining you what they want uh, in their company. And then you start your interviews, your, well, your research uh, inside the company. So, so I'm asking, how is it possible to not have this colored view I cannot be fully objective and fully neutral. I have my biases, for sure. Mm -hmm. 
But the mandate was very broad. What they wanted was a number of things. They wanted increased performance overall. Mm -hmm. They wanted more engagement, more fulfillment in the company. They wanted to have more retention from people working already for that company. When they have great talents, they didn't want that, those talented to people to leave. Mm -hmm. They wanted uh, what they would call greater bench strength, to be mm -hmm. able to promote from within as opposed to having to hire, recruit external leaders mm -hmm. because they hadn't developed their own leaders. And they wanted leadership excellence. That's what they wanted. So that was the mandate. And based on that, I had the permission, and certainly I gave myself the permission to come there with a, a very open mind and to be able to propose what I thought would be necessary on mm -hmm. that journey. Of course, the what was important, and, and one request that the CEO had was, I want to have a real impact. And I told her, if you are serious about this, you know, that's later on in the process, uh, training is not going to be enough. It's, it will be interesting to, useful, and actually absolutely necessary to have a co this in combination with coaching and to also consider the system overall. There were other aspects that didn't concern training per se that needed to be addressed, and I mentioned those to the CEO as well. But mm -hmm. my impression is that she was genuinely committed to make a, a difference there. And so what happened is uh, I spent some time proposing a design, discussing that with HR, and then the focus was to work on the senior level, just the level be below the, the top management, you know, VPs, directors. And this took the form of a five-day seminar, residential seminar, followed by one year of coaching and uh, for each of the participants. And based on this global coaching approach, global coaching, maybe I, I haven't had the chance to explain. We're looking at six perspectives in particular, the physical perspective, you know, to be a good leader, you need to be in good shape. Uh, there are so many demands. So we looked at nutrition, fitness as one aspect. Another perspective is the managerial perspective, you know, managing your time effectively, knowing how to delegate, for example. Psychological perspective, how, to, how can you build as a leader, promote constructive relationship among people, promote emotional intelligence, for example. We looked at culture. Culture, how can you understand cultural differences, but beyond understanding, make the most of cultural differences to promote creativity and innovation. We looked at the political perspective I mentioned, mm -hmm. and the spiritual perspective, having a sense of mission, a sense of purpose, a sense of gratitude as mm -hmm. well. So we looked at all these components and, uh, and the seminar was built around those different perspectives. It took the form not so much of lectures. It was not the point for me to start lecturing at people, but more to create experiences for people so they could become more self-aware. They had opportunities to practice interpersonal communications, teamwork, to become more aware of how they behave in the team, what could be the area of development for each of them. So they receive a number of data, 360-degree data as well. There was uh, some preparation. A lot of preparation involved. The seminar mm -hmm. started before the seminar. And there was also a request that at the end of the seminar, they would need to write up something that would be shared with the CEO. But they didn't need to reveal everything they had learned for them, about themselves because it was confidential. But 
they needed to articulate how that would be beneficial somehow for the company. And in fact, the CEO then invited them to present this in person. What the CEO also did was she came at each seminar to say a few words to the group and to self-disclose and to really basically demonstrate that she took this very seriously, that this is not some kind of seminar that you do on the side, but that was very much part of her vision. And I think that contributed to the effectiveness of the program because the effectiveness, by that I mean not only were people very excited at the end, but you know, that's, that's not enough because sometimes you have had these seminars, people are very excited, and then it, they go back to business as usual. The fact that the company was serious about this, the fact that people had the chance to work with a coach for a one-year period enabled them to have a real impact. And in yeah. fact, there was a 360-degree survey that was done, leadership effectiveness survey that was done a year later that proved that every single participant had made significant improvement after one year. So that showed that, you know, although we had good feelings at the end of the week, that this made an impact. I also had a chance to work with the top team. I didn't spend an entire week with them, but I did have a chance to work with them on a number of things so that they avoided the trap of, of saying, you know, the middle manager or the senior manager will do this. We don't need to question ourselves. I made very clear that, you know, that's not going to work. If you want an impact, you need to be ready to question yourself as the CEO and as the, the top team. And they, you know, to their credit, they did that. So I think that's the type of intervention that I'd like to see more often because um, it has a huge impact. But the implication is that the people on top need to share that vision of leadership development that is an integrated and broad vision for leadership and need to be prepared to embark on the journey themselves. And that requires some courage. Mm -hmm. You know, you need to be ready to, to show your vulnerabilities, to open up, to question what has made you successful. Sometimes CEOs have reached a senior position and may believe that because they've reached that position, they know it all. You know, they don't need to learn anything new because they have been so successful. But the best ones I've seen are those that make it to a high level and retain the humility and the curiosity to continue to learn. And those people, I think, could benefit from the type of approach that I've just described. And that is part of this integrated leadership development approach, more and more necessary in a complex world. And if I may share something else with you, um, <laughs> Caroline, I, I just want to stress that I gave an example of um, an application in the corporate world. But this goes beyond the corporate world. Uh, I think global coaching promotes skills that are useful for society today in general. I had the chance to be invited a couple of months ago in Japan by a principal of a school, an international school, and he organized a conference about education, promoting excellence. We know this in Belgium, <laughs> the fact of excellence. Promoting excellence, but I, I think it was less focused on excellence than on innovation and uh, creativity in, in teachings. He realized, uh, he, he had seen an article that I wrote about global leadership and that spoke to him somehow and he invited me to come there. And I delivered a keynote speech and then a workshop for teachers, primary teachers and, and high school teachers. And now they are actually implementing this in their curriculum. I think it's great. Oftentimes, I have executives I coach who tell me, 
You know, this has been a life-transforming experience for me. I wish I had learned this earlier. I wish even in school I could have learned this. And as much as uh, we learn, uh, there are a lot of interesting things we learn in school, I have not seen much around, you know, promoting emotional intelligence, learning about cultural differences, making the most of cultural differences, promoting fitness, reflecting on what is your purpose, your mission, and so on. And, and so I think it's exciting to see a school in Japan, but there were people from other countries there as well starting to do that. I hope we'll see this in Belgium as well. <laughs> I had the chance to write an article on this topic also with a doctor, so in the field of medicine, one of the leading orthopedic surgeons. We wrote an article together applying global coaching to the field of medicine, and in this particular case, orthopedic surgery. How can global coaching help to promote excellence as well as a real sense of caring for the patients? Mm -hmm. I think that's quite exciting to see uh, this sort of application. So my hope is to see many more applications and many more companies eager to embark on this. I think today it's still, even though the book, as I mentioned, has been praised by a Harvard professor, the other book available in several languages, I still think that a lot of people don't know that this can be done, that a lot can mm -hmm. be done to promote more engagement in a company, to increase performance as well as fulfillment. So, mm -hmm. so I thank you for giving me the opportunity to share this mm -hmm. with our audience. And I You're hope welcome. more companies, more HR people will embark on this type of journey. Would you categorize it in like professional development or personal development or is it linked? I have the impression that's, that it's linked. but Well, that's exactly the point. You know, what I'm trying to do is not make those artificial divisions. Mm -hmm. It's an integrated approach. When, when I'm working with somebody, we're working with the, the global person. So yes, of course, it concerns the person at work, but it concerns the person in general in his or her life in general. Mm -hmm. So we are not limited to um, to work, mm -hmm. in fact. That's true. <laughs> okay. So who are your main customers? We have like corporate companies and then we have like a school, middle schools. And well, that's an exception, yeah, I have I to know, say. But, but My main clients would be companies, mainly corporations, but also in the public sector. And I have to say today, um, mainly companies outside of Belgium. I travel a lot. Uh, I've been, you know, this project I mentioned was in the U.S., but I did a project that was also unusual a few months ago in, in Haiti, mm -hmm. for Doctors Without Borders. That's also a little bit unusual, but what is usual is to, to work in different parts of the world. That's part of what I like to do. But I wish more could be done here in Belgium because... I think there is a need to do more here in Belgium and in Europe in general, not just in in China, in India, where I've been also recently, but to do um, this type of work mm -hmm. in, in Europe. We need in Europe to promote creativity and innovation because if we don't, you know, we are, we are in trouble. Mm -hmm. We need to promote more excitement, more engagement in companies. And a lot can be done to make that happen. Okay. But it starts with a an understanding and desire that this can be done, actually. And what are the next steps? Is there like a second uh, or, or a third chapter? Maybe a third book? I don't know yet. I, what I've done um, since the last book is I've written several articles. So I have this, you know, I have this vision of uh, being able to 
to share um, what I've just shared with you with a number of people in a number of areas to promote more fulfillment, more performance. But where will that happen exactly? That I cannot control. And so what has happened in my life is uh, I'm also open to encounters. I'm, I'm making several encounters and I don't know where the journey will bring me. Some of it is beyond my control. So it will depend on the, the meetings I'll have the, mm -hmm. the privilege to make and we'll see where this will go. How can we contact you? Where can we find you? Tell us all about it. There is a, a, a couple of websites. One is philrosinski.com, www.philrosinski.com. So that's my company's website. Then there is www.globalcoaching.pro. So that's a website dedicated to my books and also mention some of my activities. And I have a new Facebook page. I'm, I will mm -hmm. mention it. Global Coaching Pro. That's the page. So via the page and the two websites, I'm sure you can contact me. Thank you. Look forward to meeting you, actually. We have like three general HR questions because this is a podcast for HR, HR people. Of course, yes. So what is for you a good HR? A good HR is somebody, I would say, that is um, always looking to push the envelope, who is not satisfied with the the statu quo, is passionate and who understands complexity and is able to address complexity by looking at, if I'm talking about leadership development now, looking at it from different angles. Somebody who is curious, open, that those would be good qualities, eager to continue to learn, of course, because that's what we want and we as coaches, but also we as HR professionals to, to promote. Okay. This curiosity, this, this eagerness to learn. Do you have a vision on HR? The vision would be, again, somebody um, who is able to have a systemic approach, who's looking at the total system and uh, understand the, the various connections to make a difference. I think it's closely aligned with what I describe in global leadership. He's mm -hmm. able to look at HR, not just from one angle, but from multiple angles. Somebody would be helping the company be successful from a business standpoint, achieving performance, but also somebody who would promote fulfillment. And somebody, most of all, would understand that the two can be connected, can support each other. Somebody would help the organization create new opportunities that would be exciting for people. And somebody who would care about the, what the company is doing, having a constructive impact for society and would help the company have that constructive impact for society, understanding that we are all connected. So would care about economical aspects as well as ecological factors, societal aspects. So somebody would have, again, this global integrated... Total view. package. Are in Belgium, are, are companies ready for that? I hope so. I hope so. No, what, what is your opinion on that? Do you think they're ready? I guess the downside for me of having spent and still spending a lot of time outside of Belgium, even though I'm Belgium and I live here in Belgium, is there are many companies, including the big companies, that I don't know so much. Mm -hmm. I, I would like to know them more. And hopefully with this podcast, uh, this will give us a chance to know each other. So the, the real answer is I don't know. But my sense is that a lot more could be done here in Belgium to to promote the type of uh, leadership that I've just talked about. You already mentioned some, but are there other weaknesses and strengths within HR? 
HR as we know it today. Yeah? I cannot talk about just HR in, in general. You know, I've, I've met different HR people and they are all different. So mm -hmm. I cannot speak about HR in, in general. The strength is when the HR is taking a real strategic role, is really helping the organization make the most of its human potential. Mm -hmm. That's, um, that would be great HR. The not so great HR is somebody who is more in a technical role, who is more reactive than proactive, who is just following whatever the CEO may be saying without necessarily having the vision or the courage to challenge that CEO. So that would be less effective HR. Somebody wouldn't have the curiosity to look beyond what is happening in Belgium. So But I think both those, exist. Those can contact you? Everybody is welcome to contact Also me. individuals? Of course. Yes. Okay. I work primarily with um, companies, but oftentimes, you know, when you coach somebody, it's an interpersonal relationship. So mm -hmm. it typically starts with a phone call of somebody contacting me. And, and I've yeah, but that's like an in individual that contacts you in name of their company because they noticed something was not going as it should be or they haven't had the impact they would have uh, wanted to. Or it could be positive that they are doing already well, but they have the idea that they Can would do be more. even more creative, uh, mm -hmm. even more fulfilled. But if now a person noticed that he or she is not leading the team as it should be led uh, or, or doesn't have the impact, yes. they, they can contact you and then absolutely. You there know, is like a, a coaching program on an individual base? You know, I coach people, primarily executives, but not only executives, on a one-on-one -on -one basis. Mm -hmm. Typically, they would be you know, the agreement would be with the company, even though the coaching itself is confidential. And first of all, in service of that coachee. But sometimes I'm called indeed by people outside the company who just want to, to be coached with mm -hmm. me. I'm also contacted by coaches themselves who want supervision. So I'm, I'm acting more and more also as a coaching supervisor. Mm -hmm. So okay. that can happen as well. And then we look at it on a case-by-case -case basis. You know, I may say, You know, this is a good fit and we can work together or I may recommend somebody else. Um, mm -hmm. We need to see every situation. Okay. But of course, people are certainly welcome to contact me. Fine. Last question. What is your message to the HR people? Beyond what I've said, my, my message would be to, um, I would say to lead by example. To um, As an HR person, if you can model what you want to promote inside your company, that would be great. And the modeling I, I, I'm thinking about would be excellence at all levels, personal development, excellence when it comes to interpersonal relationships, emotional intelligence, excellence when it comes to being able to understand and make the most of cultural differences, excellence in the sense of having a, a sense of purpose, of being passionate and being able to convey that passion. Excellence also in terms of being physically fit, committed to mm. your own fitness, so You know, of course, everybody is free and I, you know, everybody is free to choose their lifestyle. But if you want to promote wellness in your company, ensuring and giving yourself the permission, I would say, to take care of yourself as well. Because sometimes, you know, and I could say this, I've seen that HR people are great at taking care of everybody else, but sometimes they forget to take care of themselves. And so my invitation would be don't forget to be a little bit selfish as well and to take care of yourself, mm -hmm. of your own well-being and of your own development. Okay. Philip, thanks. Thank you, Caroline, for your interview and for your listening. Okay. 
to our listeners out there. If you are interested in sharing your passion or vision on HR at our mic, then I suggest you take a look on our website, hrmeetup.org, and subscribe to one of our registration events. Podcast. <laughs>